Welcome back in listeners to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a wonderful and special show in store for you today. Joining us once again, we have the Broadway performer Jasmine Raphael and the producer and performer Cassidy Hamilton joining us to talk about Skylar Studios' presentation of Pretty, Witty, and Gay Cabaret, which is on June 26th at 9.30 p.m. at the Chelsea Table and Stage. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting chelseatableandstage.venutix.com. This is a very exciting show and a very exciting fundraiser of sorts. So we are excited to be bringing these wonderful artists on to talk more about it. So with that, Jasmine Cassidy, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine, it's so great to have you back. Congrats on the Tony's performance and all the success with Anne Juliet. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And Cassidy, it's so great to have you here for the first of what I hope is many times. And to have both of you here to speak about this great event, Pretty Witty and Gay Cabaret. I'm excited about this. I'm so glad you both reached out and and told me about it. Can can you both tell us a bit about this show? Yeah, sure can. (laughs) (laughs) So this project was sort of born... Honestly, should I, should I tell this part? Yeah. We were we were in the elevator one day and we were talking about Hades Town and that we wish that Hades Town was queer. I think that it's a show that would do really well with gender nonconforming folks in the lead roles, etc. And from that conversation, we're like, oh, wait, man, I wish we could sing Hades Town together. Yeah. And then from there, we were like, well, why don't we just do it ourselves? So we decided to put together a show for Pride Month featuring all show tunes with a with a little gay twist. And here we are. It's come together very quickly. And now we're talking about it on your podcast. Yeah. You have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I think that we're just so excited to in a really light and playful way, subvert the heteronormative narrative of, I think, musical theater. And I, I know that queerness has been, you know, threaded all throughout, all throughout this art form, but still so many sort of relationships that we see, stories that we see, the protagonists, they still do have this undertone of like, this person should be played by a male presenting role this person should be played by a female presenting role so we kind of want to heteronormative undertones all around so we're trying to have some fun and challenge that a bit and see what broadway could look like with broadway off-broadway regional theater just theater in general with more queer folk queer folks represented so that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. i love that what a fun evening this is going to be fun this sounds just fun yeah, it's going to be so fun. So the show's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what has it been like developing the show? You know, I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun. Most folks that are involved are friends of ours. So we're collaborating with people we know and love. And that's been super enjoyable. But as I'm sure you know, theater people are very busy and, you know, everyone has a lot on their plate, right? So we were developing this in the midst of Jasmine rehearsing for Tony's and Tony's week. And along with a lot of our our cast, 
are from shows that are were heavily nominated for the Tonys, which is really exciting. We have a gal from Life of Pi. We have some folks from In Juliet. We've got someone from um, the Book of Mormon. Yeah, Book of Mormon. We have Moulin Rouge. We have my my dear friend Michael. They are currently in rehearsals for Rent at Paper Mill. So they're deep in rehearsals. So yeah, it's been it's been very it's been a busy time to be working on a project like this, but it's brought it's brought me a lot of joy. I don't want to speak mm-hmm. for you, but it's brought me a lot of joy. Lots of time behind a computer, sending invites and organizing, but really fulfilling. Yeah. And we get to work together and we're in love. <laughs> so it's a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's really cool to create something, I think, with your partner because... Yeah, it's just like another place to explore your dynamic and and like show up. So I feel like this is a cool memory for us. And it's a cool memory, I think, for us and our loved ones, because our loved ones are really showing up mm. and supporting us. And, you know, it it's I know that the night will be fun. But at the end of the day, like when we get there, we'll be a little bit closer to our family from the support they showed us mm. a little bit, you know, have made a little bit more memories with our friends who, you know, who went out of their way to come at 9.30 p.m. on their day off sure. <laughs> uh, to come watch the show. We you can we can all say that we love each other, but really to like um, show action, I think, in relationships in New York is super, super important. And we're just giving ourselves the opportunity to experience that selfishly, you know, so it's good. The power of theater to just connect us and bind us together and all that. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you brought up support because there is something special going on with your show regarding support. You all are looking for sponsors and partnerships with corporate brands or small businesses or even donors through a ticket sponsorship program. Could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Well, we realized that so Jasmine's family and a lot of her friends and chosen family are all out in California and all around the country. And my family is from outside Baltimore, Maryland. And we realized that we would not be able to share that evening with everyone that wishes they could be there. But we do know so many young folks here in New York and students here in New York that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford tickets to see a show like this. So we started a ticket sponsorship program to help folks basically donate tickets for other people who are in New York to come see our show. And we've we've had some success so far and it's very exciting. And we've gotten to send out invites to, you know, students that are getting their masters in dramaturgy and, and different things. And that's been very exciting. And that's still active. And that's just been, I don't know, that's been really rewarding too to get to reach out to who this performance will matter to most and still be able to connect with our friends and family who can't be with us on the day of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I reached out to a friend who has connections as a literary teacher all throughout underprivileged school districts like in the Bronx and Brooklyn and and like principals are email are in my emails. So it's like really cool because I think that younger kids will get to see it too that are just I mean, stoked and it'll be Broadway performers and for them to feel plugged into the community on an, in an intimate way, you know, I think will really be cool. That's fantastic. So so is there a message or a thought you're hoping that the audience will take away from this performance? Something that I would love to see as an actual, more tangible goal is theater companies regionally, et cetera, being able to increase their imagination in the way casting could look in their productions. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked a little bit 
there are so many shows that I just think it would be so easy to make gay Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't change the plot at all. And it would, if anything, just increase representation for these, for us Mm -hmm. and for our students and for audiences everywhere. And I think when you see something in front of you and you, you see a queer version of Hades Town, you see a queer version of Waitress, you see whatever it is. I don't want to give away a set list, yeah. but you know what's possible. So I think as a long-term goal would be to actually see that action happen, mm-hmm. to see gay Greece happen somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's, That's amazing. And to piggyback off that, I think even more specifically, even understudying or understudies of certain, you know, leads, why do they necessarily have to stay mm-hmm. as male presenting characters if someone else, you know, identifies as, you know, I would talk about my own show, like why wouldn't have a female presenting, you know, or someone that is non-binary, you know, play Romeo, you know, I think that there's many, there's a lot of conversations about it. But one of our performers, yeah. Sonia, is is our resident ally and is understudying Pi in Life of Pi, who is a male role. You yeah, know? so I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Life of Pi, the book or the, the film, but the protagonist is like a 17-year-old boy. And two of the three folks in the Broadway company that understudy the, the role on Broadway are women who you know I use she her pronouns and they're playing this character very a la Mary Martin and Peter Pan like who who why should it matter who's playing specific roles if it doesn't you know serve the plot I think of course there are some situations where of course where you know a character should be aligned with the identity of the the actor that's playing Mm -hmm. them there are so many situations where it it is not mission critical for that so to see Sonia have the opportunity to understudy this role I just think is really really cool and we were really inspired by her story so she is going to be performing in our in our show which I think is really exciting but that's exactly it it's it's knowing that there are plenty of shows like that that exist on Broadway plenty of jobs for people where your gender identity should not matter in your casting yeah and and just one more small thing that I am excited for (laughs) the show to sort of give it is really to give our performers the chance to mm. to sing these songs that they haven't been able to envision themselves in like for us to do Hades Town together is major so you know just thinking about our performers and giving them that moment you know with each other I think is really cool I love that the final question I want to ask for this first part is who do you hope have access to this show I want everyone really that is interested in musical theater to come see what I think a bunch of people that love musical theater do in a space with each other and able to express themselves fully in the month of pride. So I I really feel like anyone and everyone, I don't have anyone specific, baby, do you? I feel like I have two, two thoughts. <laughs> One, another reason why this is happening when it is happening is I have found historically pride comes around and every like Thursday night, everyone's like, wait, what are we doing this weekend? Wait, what are we doing this weekend? I think people do want creative ways to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be that, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a queer night of art where I hope folks can 
queer folks can have that space to mm-hmm. celebrate. So there's that. And then I also think candidly, art happens when people with money give the money to make it happen. So if we're really talking like logistically, I hope producers and folks that are interested in investing in queer art come and see what it could look like and feel inspired to put their money where their mouth is. I know that sounds dramatic, but that's true. (laughs) I think, I know, I know, I know, but it, it really is. I think that you need, the arts need allies and they need donors and they need sponsors and supporters. And I think I would love if folks, especially maybe from their hometowns, you know, they're regional, they're local. I think, I think regional theater and and local theater is, and local art is so important to Broadway because Broadway doesn't exist. If you don't have people all around the country want to come see theater Mm -hmm. and whose first access to it is in their hometowns. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see folks, you know, even if they're watching the live stream performance Mm -hmm. to see what this could look like and, and, to make them want to buy a season subscription to their local theater and to push their local theater companies to do more innovative theater as well. Mm-hmm. And a respite for the for the queer community right now. Yes. You know, there's a lot of things going on, I think, as we all know, with LGBTQ threatening laws all around the country. And obviously, historically, for good reason, we get together and party. We party it off, <laughs> you know, and we go in the club and we go in a club on a Sunday because it's on the same day as church and we're not allowed in church, right? In West Hollywood, like that's what we would do. But but this night is a little different from that. And But it's the same sort of joyous celebration, still letting letting the steam out and we're creating something. So we want to show that we're not just the counterculture we're not just the counterculture against, you know, anyone. We're, we're creating things, you know, mm. and we just want to create. I want to shift gears now and let our listeners get to know the two of you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking Cassidy, you first, what inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are some of your favorites? So I'm very fortunate to have parents who are big music people. So you know, my name is Cassidy. I'm named after a Grateful Dead song. Um, so my mom's a deadhead. My dad's a punk rocker. And I grew up on a, a lot of different types of music, but a lot of punk music and rock music. So growing up, Green Day's American Idiot was like my bread and butter. No, it was. Yes. It was. So a lot of my personal inspiration when it comes to creation of art is the music I grew up listening to. Yeah, I don't know. I grew up listening to a lot of Irish punk music. So Flogging Molly, Dropkick Murphys, etc. A lot of no effects, The Clash. Like, if you could see me right now, you would never have guessed that I, I grew up listening to. I was a little Catholic school girl listening to The Clash on my way to school. So that, I would say, period. I don't know. Let me brainstorm. If I have more, mm-hmm. I'll come back to you. <laughs> Now, Jasmine, we've had you on our show before. We've asked you that question. So I want to pivot and ask you, how did you come into the performing arts? 
I have been literally singing Spice Girl songs to a camcorder since I was like three. I have a video of me at three singing again by Janet Jackson. Do you know that song? <laughs> it's a slow jam. And like, I just, I was just addicted to performing. I, and I always, it was always better to me if someone was watching me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I will just admit that. Like when someone would walk in on me dancing, I would dance harder. I don't know. There's just something in me that always like wants to share like what's inside. I, I'm sure it's, you know, validating too, honestly. But I love, I've loved it since I was, I was little. And then I started taking dance class, you know, at 16, but I've been doing it since I was little. My parents are musicians, so. I love that. So I know that, Jasmine, you've been busy getting ready for the Tony Awards and your show and Juliet, but I'm still going to ask both of you with this. Have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You know, still the last thing that I saw that really, really moved me was A No Mo. And it's gone and it's sad, mm. but I mean, I'll just always talk about that till I, till I die. Mm. I'm going to see Life of Pi soon. But yeah, I, I saw, again, I know we already talked about Sonia, but I saw Sonia in Life of Pi and I absolutely loved it. And I went home and told Jasmine, I was like, you got to see this. It's really beautiful. I think it is really creative in the way that it's combining projection and puppetry and theater. I saw Camelot. I loved it. But a lot of what I've seen lately has has been big budget Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. I, I have a couple smaller projects on the calendar upcoming that I'm going to go see. So I'll have to get back to you on those. But we did see six on our first date. And I do think that that yeah. is important to note. <laughs> it's so good. If y'all haven't seen six, it's a blast. That is a great, that is a great show also for a first date. That's amazing. Oh yeah. I it mean, really you went to the queendom. <laughs> yeah, we went to the queendom. Uh, it was incredible. Well, I now want to ask the two of you, what's your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite part about working in the theater is the community aspect, I think. I think it has to be, you know, I think there's no result. There's no result the way it, you know, usually feels like in other industries, like the movie release or the, I mean, yeah, there is. We have the moments of like the Tonys and things like that, but like, right we did the tonys and now we're back doing eight shows a week with each other <laughs> you know like it is literally a perpetual journey and i think to invest time and energy and love like into the people around you is so rewarding and yeah there's nothing like it there's nothing like it well i i definitely agree with that i think that it is one of the few art forms where the final product is live eight shows a week and changes and the cast changes and folks will do different versions of it all around the world. And mm -hmm. I think that's really, really unique. I have a deep love for visual art and music as well. And I think that theater is one of the few art forms that brings all of those things together. I'm a huge theater nerd. And I think that that has come out even more in the past couple of years, just like I will see the middle school production of Shrek and that will be, and that will yeah. like bring me so yeah. much joy. And I just think there is, there's something really special about, about the community that it brings. And I think so many of us that are, whether it be, 
you know, podcast hosts or producers or directors or performers or audience members that are just grown up theater kids. And we just love to participate actively in live theater. I think that truth is, is why I love it. Amen. Well, that is a great lead into my favorite question to ask, which is what is your favorite theater memory? You know, I really was truly a theater kid. Like I did children's theater growing up and I was really involved with my high school theater department. Right now, what's popping into my mind, which I'm not sure, I'm sure the list is long, but I did Grease Junior when I was 15 and my dad helped out backstage and he helped out backstage for a lot of the shows. And my mom was always involved with like the box office. And I feel very lucky that my parents showed up for my interest. I think that's really beautiful and unique. But my dad was greased lightning. So like he would push on the like giant fake car for every performance. And, And I don't know, I just have this memory of my, and my dad is a six foot four tattooed firefighter. So to have him backstage during the children's theater production of Grease Jr. as the man pushing on Grease Lightning just sits really right with me. That just something about that is as is beautiful to me. So that's what I'll share. That is amazing. I love that. Jasmine, do you have another memory you might be able to share with us? I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, the show, we're just very, we're just really silly in the show. We get to talk, we get to like talk to each other a lot during the pre-show. We have this like ongoing dance that everyone's like creating and adding moves to. It's literally so long. And I think just connecting with, with someone and like getting through things together is just always, it's just always my favorite. I love that. Thank you both for those memories. Those were amazing. Thank you. Yes, for sure. Are there any other productions or projects either of you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug? Well, we're very much hoping that Pretty Witty and Gay could become a monthly event. So that is the goal. So if you're interested in coming to see our show, this first performance will really set us up for success in the future. So we'd love to see you there. We're both writers, so Jasmine's working on music. I'm working on some scripts, so that's very exciting. But that's those are in the baby baby step stages. Yeah, follow us on the socials. Yeah, and stay updated <laughs> for sure. Finally, if our listeners want more information about Pretty Witty and Gay Cabaret or about either of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? The internet, on the internet, <laughs> on the gram, on the gram. Yep, IG Jasmine J Raphael. Also, my website is jasmine-raphael.com. Um, my Instagram is CassWHamilton and then CassidyHamilton.com. We also have an Instagram, a newly launched Instagram for Pretty Witty and Gay, which the handle is Pretty, Pretty Witty, Witty Gay, gay Cabaret. Cabaret. Yeah. Well, Jasmine, Cassidy, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing this amazing upcoming show that we can't wait to attend. I'm so excited. I'm going to run, not walk. Yes, I'm going to run and uh, get my tickets to see the show. And I appreciate you both stopping by and speaking with us, sharing your memories, sharing the show. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. So fun. 
My guests today have been the performers Jasmine Raphael and Cassidy Hamilton, both who are with Skylar Studios' presentation of Pretty, Witty, and Gay Cabaret, which is June 26th at 9.30 p.m. at Chelsea Table and Stage. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting chelseatableandstage.venuetix.com. And we also have some contact information for the show, as well as for our guests, which we'll be posting on our social media and the episode description. This will also be a stage whisper night at the theater. We are planning to attend and we are calling for all of you to join us for a wonderful night out of the theater. Support this great show, this great company, these wonderful artists. Let's make it a sellout. And this is a great cause, a great show. So show up for them, show up with us. It's going to be fun. Pretty, Witty, and Gay Cabaret, June 26th at 9.30 p.m. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.